Hello. Okay, well, let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. And we welcome your presence. Lord, would you speak to our hearts this morning? Open our ears. Open our eyes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I, I feel I have nothing much to say. And do you know why that is? It's because I feel that we've sung my message this morning. Truly, I do believe that. So I'd like to speak this morning. By the way, my name's Mike. Um, together with uh, my wife Barbara and Glyn and Philippa, we lead a home group, a life group in Crawley Down. And uh, I would like to speak to you this morning about three critical things that I believe are in the heart of God. And that is redemption, restoration, and revival. Now, it's probably going to be a lot of overlap on what uh, Sam and I share this morning. We've not spoken. Um, but if, you, if you've seen, if you've listened to all these messages of hope each Sunday, you'll have noticed there's a common thread that runs through them. And that common thread is redemption, restoration, and revival. So let's talk about this, uh, this situation of being redeemed. Now, I don't know about you, but I love it when God does these wow moments. And when Dan preaches, he'll often expand a scripture and he'll say, wow. And that's happened to me a few times since I was asked to speak. And uh, Barbara and I have been away a couple of weeks. And uh, we actually, we're sometimes referred to as the boat people because we've got a narrow boat and, and that's part of our ministry. And uh, this time we were on a cruise ship and we requested a table of six people and I thought, great, six people. Four people probably not saved. So we arrived, two people had, had transferred to the early morning sitting because they don't like eating late and there was just one couple and this couple were just full of God. Full of God. And they ministered to us powerfully, powerfully. Anyway, where was the well moment? I said to this man called Richard, I said, Richard, what do you understand about being redeemed? What's redemption? And I, because he's quite a theologian, I thought there'll be a you know, pretty complex description of what it means. Do you know what he said? He said, freedom. He said, Freedom. And I thought, wow, it was a wow moment for me. Freedom, that's what it means to be redeemed. And so that, that, that single word kept with me that whole time until I got home. And I prayed into this word freedom. And God gave me a picture that I want to share with you. And it was a picture of a prison. Now, you all know how the penal system works in our country. Uh, you commit a crime, you could end up in prison, and depending on the, the gravity of that crime, you will be allocated the appropriate prison that will keep you secure and away from other people. However, this prison was one single prison where everybody was. Okay? And the first thing I'm going to say is that You 
are either in that prison or you've once been in that prison. And in this picture, I saw three cells. The first cell had people who were lonely. They weren't cared for. They were destitute. They were poor. And clearly, they felt they'd been dealt a poor hand. In the second cell, there was someone probably a bit like me, perhaps a bit like Ricky, who shared a few weeks ago, in as much as their life was pretty cool, it was pretty good, but actually there was something missing. Didn't know what, but there was something missing. In the third cell, there was a very wealthy man. Very wealthy. He had the best car, he had the best house, he had the best swimming pool. Very wealthy. And This, this is a real picture for all of us because that single prison holds everybody. If you're watching online and you're not saved, you have not received that salvation, that redemption that Christ offers, then you're in a bad place. But do you know the good news? This technology does not separate us. Why? Because he's here. The Holy Spirit of God is here to meet with us this morning and to speak to us. And Johnny, would you come up and share that scripture, please? Where is he? There he is. So the important thing is that when we're born, we're all born into this law of sin and death. It's true. doesn't seem fair, does it? We're all born into this life of sin and death. However, Johnny... Uh, Luke 4:16-21. Jesus came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up and as was his custom he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Thanks, Julie. Bless you. You see, this is why Jesus came. He came to set us free. Amen? He came to set us free. So that's the reason I said you may have been once in that prison, because when you've received Jesus as your saviour, when you've received that redeeming blood, when he's redeemed you, He's actually opened the gates and you're free. And do you know what? In Galatians it says when Christ has set you free, you're free indeed. Yeah? And that's it. Now the temptation, of course, is sometimes prison can be a bit comfortable. Yeah? And you, you, no one knows this more than um, uh, Val and... Uh, Ma- uh, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> It's my nerves, sorry. And uh, so, so nobody knows that more because there's a temptation that this prison can be a comfortable place, actually. And you hear of people that re-offend because, actually, prison's not so bad. And in my comfortable life, yeah, good job, fabulous wife, etc., I didn't realise I was in a prison. And for the rich man... 
Whoa, they've got everything. They don't realise they're in a prison. I didn't realise I was in a prison. Until, and I've got a strange connection to, to this church because I first heard this good news when a chap I worked with invited me to a dinner and I heard the gospel for the first time and it, I, it was another wow because I'd never heard it. I went home to my wife and I said to Barbara, she was asleep, and I said, Barbara, just heard this message, is it true? And she just turned around to me. We'd, we'd not talked of God. She said, yes, true. Why, it's true? So I'm scampering about to find a Bible in the house, and I found this little tiny Bible that we'd given our son at christening, and I'm going through it, and I think, he's right, it says this in the Bible. And that was just the start of a beginning of accepting Christ. And, and the prison doors, I tell you, they came right open. And I'd never felt so free in all my life. And that same freedom is available to everybody. And do you know what? This freedom is free. It doesn't mean that actually uh, you've been out on bail. It means you're free. When the Son of God sets you free... You're free indeed. Yes. Yeah? Jesus said, I've come to give, bring life and life abundantly. Amen? Amen? Amen. This is not going where I thought it would, so anyway. <laughs> so the most important thing is, is, is Jesus redeems. Yes. Amen? Amen? He restores. Amen. And he revives. Amen. Amen. So uh, C.S. Lewis, you might have heard of this guy. Um, he said, if tribulation is, is a necessary element in redemption, we must anticipate that it will never cease till God sees the world to be either redeemed or no further redeemable. He also said, no creature that deserved redemption would need to be redeemed. That they are whole need not the physician. Christ died for men precisely because men and women are not worth dying for to make them worth it. So that's, that's redemption. What about restoration? You see, because whilst there may be somebody that comes to this church today and you think, oh, what about all these happy people? You know, they've got hands in there. Why are they so happy? Well, the good news is they've got a lot to be happy about. And if, if that's you, that you've not received Jesus as Saviour, I'm sure that Sam has something to say and Grace has already prayed which is wonderful. But restoration, why does God restore us? Why do we need restoring? Well, do you know what? You could have been in this church a while. You might have been serving faithfully, but you've grown weary. Yeah, you've just grown a bit tired. That flame of excitement that was there has just grown a bit dim. And do you know what? The Holy Spirit of God says this morning, just come. Come because I want to restore you. I don't want to patch you up. I want to restore you. I want to restore you to that for which you were saved. Yeah, you were all saved. Anybody that has given their life to Jesus, you were saved for a purpose. How long have I been speaking for? Too long yet? No. I'm all right. Am I okay still? Okay. So uh, if we read in Psalm 51, King David acknowledges his sin with Bathsheba. Didn't you remember this? And he says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with a willing spirit. So 
this act of restoration, you can't be restored unless you let the shepherd lead you. Yeah? He leads us beside still waters and he restores our soul. How beautiful is that? Holy Spirit of God, you restore my soul. So I believe we all need restoration. Um, I think I've just about got time to say that I've seen this with my own eyes. My mother, uh, when she got married, I didn't know that she, she once was, was a... She loved the Lord. She met my dad, and that was it, really. We never went to church. We never talked about God in our house uh, until I was saved, and I chatted with my mother, and she said, oh, I'd like to come to church. Oh, that's good. And um, to cut a long story short, she was wonderfully saved. And here's a message for all you who have a partner, husband or a wife, and you, you cannot see that other person coming to Christ. Let me tell you, we have a God who's the God of the impossible. Because my father, quite a hard man, uh, a good man, but a hard man, my mother said to me, you'll never get your father to believe. Seriously. And within about three months, he was saved. And my mother and father were baptised together. Eh? It was an amazing thing. Dorman's Land Baptist Church, because it was the only place that was a baptistry. Glyn remembers it. Wasn't it wonderful? Fantastic. So, and I see this, I see, I see redemption in Johnny, who just came up, who came to Alpha. I see this change of life in people that Christ has redeemed and set free. And, and I said it to someone this morning, I'm not going to embarrass him, because, uh, and I said, you're different. Why are you different? Because of what God has done. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It's that change. It's amazing. So, um, so I've said briefly uh, that you can't really be restored unless you surrender. and Let the shepherd restore you. And finally, um, I want to give a word for us as a church, for us as a church body. And that's one of revival. I believe we're in precious times. I believe there's never been a more critical time than we need to hold fast to God and all his promises. There's never been a time when we must seek first his kingdom. There's never been a more important time to fix our eyes, not on whoever speaks here, not the band, but on Jesus. Yeah, the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. This is what God is bringing us into. Something new, precious in East Grinstead and the surrounding areas. And I believe there's going to be a wave of salvation. And Glyn, would you like to come up and share the scripture, please? So it will be for East Grinstead and the surrounding villages. And do you know what's wonderful? It all involves you. Eh? We're all included. From Joshua 3, verse 14 to 17. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan... 
and their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Amen. Okay, significance of this. Big significance for us, church. Because if you think of this scripture, Joshua had been succeeded as leader of the Israelites, okay, after Moses. And God had spoken to Joshua and basically given that word that that Glyn has read out. Basically, take the 12 tribes and the Ark of the Covenant and cross the Jordan. So the scripture says, the priests arrived at the Jordan, and what was it? It was in flood. Have you ever seen rivers in flood? Not nice places, are they? Now, if it was me, I would have looked at that flood and said, Josh, you got that right, because we ain't going to cross this. Seriously. Or, being an engineer, I would have said, perhaps we can build a bridge here strong enough to get the ark off. Yeah? Or perhaps we can put some stones. I'll work it through. No. What happened? It says, as soon as the priests put their feet in the water, the water bowed up. And the priests took the ark and the people across dry ground. You can't get your head around that, can you? It's a true miracle. It's a wow moment. But that's what happened. So what does that apply to us, brothers and sisters? It means we have to trust God. We have to move forward. Yeah? And I will finish with this, because Lawrence shared something on Apostles a few weeks ago, back in November. And he said something that was like a spear to my heart. And it was, church, you have become too comfortable. And it was like God was saying, Mick, Mike, Michael, you've become too comfortable. Now, maybe that was just for me. But, you know, to, to, to fulfil this vision that God has unpacked for us, this exciting vision, we've got to step in faith. We've got to move in faith. Yeah? Because the Bible says faith is going to church. No. Faith says praying. No. What does faith say? It's the substance of things unseen, the promise of the future. So we've got to move in that trust in God. We've got to put our feet in the water. We've got to move forward and trust God. And then watch what he does. Amen? Amen. Sam, over to you. Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the team's going to get back to you.
we'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses. And if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here, then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.